0: Well, good morning, everybody. (laughs) Welcome you once again to Timberwood. And we invite you to stand, and let's all sing together. The fire love.
1: Welcome to Timberwood Church. I'm Amy LaVar, the Children's Ministry Coordinator. One really important announcement. It kind of is weird when we don't have programs for you to look at, but something that I want you, we want you to think about, is in August, early August, I think the 9th, is that right? The 9th, um, we're still going to do a baptism. It's going to be out at Pelican. It's going to be a bring-your-own-lunch kind of deal. But dedication is something that is... um, a matter of the heart it's a special opportunity for you to profess your faith and love in Jesus in front of your community and so consider that think about that there will be a class for those that are interested in that um, and that information will be coming out in a few weeks also on your seats you have this card we would love to know that you're here fill it out if you've been here with us for years and years and years or if you're visiting we would love to know that you're here on the back side of it is an opportunity for you to submit a prayer or praise request drop it in the offering basket when you walk out on the if the baskets are on the table we have groups of people still throughout our week um, throughout the week that want to come alongside you and pray so consider doing that as well pray with me now please father we come to you this morning Just thankful for the the beauty of summer and what feels like an actual summer. And we just thank you for it. We recognize that you are the creator of all things and the beauty that is around us. Help us to remember to recognize that and give you thanks for it. Lord, I pray this morning that our hearts would be open, our ears would be open to you and what it is that you have for us to learn. It's been a difficult time so much going on around us and sometimes your words can be really challenging and lord i just pray that they would sink deep into our hearts and that we would be able to reflect and and love those around us that we'd be able to go out into the community especially now that we would be able to reflect your love and your light and how we interact with those around us lord we give you this morning We love you and honor you with this worship. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: We're going to sing a couple songs that remind us about God's faithfulness, that he is our fortress and our foundation. Let's stand together and sing. Seem to work us woe His craft and
2: Summer of cycling continues, although I haven't been on a bike for about 10 days, and I really don't have a good excuse for that, but I was watching, uh, I don't know, some uh, internet thing the other day, and there's this bike chase, right? Did you see it? Okay, so the situation was the Atlanta Police Department was in pursuit of a suspect who was uh, who was uh, um, uh, well suspected to have caused a murder, to have conducted to killed another person. And anyway, the murder suspect jumped on a bike and rode off, and the two APD cops are like running on foot. Which I mean, that's not fair. I mean, like I can I can outcycle Usain Bolt on my bike. Okay, so it's not it's just not fair. So they're running, okay, because they're keeping up the chase and they got their other buddies, okay, and they're trying to, you know, capture this murder suspect, wisely so. And and they come across a guy like me who's riding his bike. And the cops like, Hey, can I borrow your bike? And the guy's like, Sure, can I just take my pack off? No problem. And they they capture the bad guy, and somehow that feels good. A couple of good guys catching a bad guy. Noah Niles. Speaking of Going fast. Did you see this one? Noah Niles, American sprinter. You saw this or not? Okay. So he's at the uh, Inspiration Games 2020, Zurich, Switzerland, a few days ago, and and he's 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 teed up on the 200, right? And he's flying. Okay. Gun goes off. He is flying. Okay. And pulls an 18.9 in the 200 meters. Now, those of you that know what that means, you're shocked. Those of you that don't know what it means, I'll tell you what it means. The world record held by the aforementioned Usain Bolt is 19.19. So this kid beat the world record by like point almost a half a second and everyone's like that's not possible. It's cuz it wasn't. The race organizers had put him on the wrong line. He actually only ran 185 meters, which is a lot different, a lot. Have you watched <laughs> Hamilton? No. The language is a little foul, a couple places, but it's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. We saw it live in Chicago, and then we watched it on Disney+. Plus, and and obviously, the person standing at the end, okay, kind of like one of Jesus' parables, the person standing at the end, really cue into what's going on there. And the person standing at the end is Eliza. And there's an article on CT this last week about her amazing breathtaking faith in the wake of all that she experienced and all that her husband Alexander experienced a bunch of years ago when I discovered that my heroes of faith the Old Testament heroes of the faith you know Abraham and David and the heroes of the faith right I discovered that that they have some pretty dark places in their lives really dark places in their lives and I wondered why do my heroes have these dark places at any rate, chapter 59, six, eighteen, verse 1 is where we're at, and, well, let's get into it. Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that it cannot save, or his ear dull, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have made a separation between you and God, and your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear. The people are asking, God, where are you at? How come you're not showing up? What, you don't hear us? Do you need hearing aids? Do you need some, some corrective lenses to see what we're experiencing? Why can't you save? Why can't you hear? And God, through the voice box of Isaiah, says, it, it, it's you. It's you. <laughs> it's not me, it's you. And that's challenging, Right? But if we think about it for longer than a second, if you're the people of Israel, wouldn't you want to know if there's a problem so that you could correct it? It's, it's you, Isaiah says to the people of Israel. And you can see how easily we can bring this into our day and age. It, it, it's me. The, the problem isn't God. The, the problem is me. It's not a lack of God's ability. It's me. Now, the challenge is, the second that someone holds a mirror up to our lives, we're like, no, no, I don't have a problem. It's someone else's problem. I I, I don't have an issue here even in the face of someone that we might describe as someone who, who loves us, someone who's a friend, someone who we've known for a long time, and they, they hold up a mirror and we're like, no, 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 no. And I think we doth protest too much. When I hold up a mirror to a friend, when I hold up this mirror to us, please understand what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be underhanded. It's not some political conspiracy that I have inside of me. Although, if it was a political conspiracy, would I tell you? (laughs) Probably not. So you're like, oh, it could be a political conspiracy. No, it's not. No, I'm not an operative for the CIA, okay? I'm not a Russian mole, okay? My allegiance doesn't exist to a political party. Please listen to my heart. Please listen to my heart. I've told you I'm not perfect. I'm far from perfect. But I've given myself to this thing, albeit imperfectly, I've given myself to this thing called the kingdom of God, to the cause of Jesus Christ. I'm not in it for the stock options, I can assure you. And just maybe, when we hold up the mirror of Scripture to our lives, maybe we just allow it to challenge us rather than to tell us why it's not true. A few years ago, I'm at uh, uh, St. Louis Park Fire Department, the South Station. My brother at the time was a full-time firefighter for St. Louis Park. It's probably one of the reasons why when I hear a siren go off, I pray. I don't know if you do that. I've talked about that before. When a siren goes off, I pray. Because my brother used to be a firefighter, full-time firefighter. At any rate, I'm there. I'm going to see my brother David. And actually, he wasn't working that night. I got my signals crossed. And so I walk in, okay? I walk in and um, I said, hey, where's Dave? And they're like, Dave's not here. I'm like, ah, Hang it, I missed him, you know, and, and the one guy, he's sitting out, and it's after hours, okay, but they're still on duty, right, because it's 24 hours, they stay at the fire station, and the dude's kind of chilled out in a barca lounger, and he's like, you know, he's like, I really like your brother, okay, and I'm like, yeah, well, I, I like my brother too, you know, he's my older brother, you know, and all this kind of stuff, and, and he's like, he's like, your brother's the kind of guy that, that if he told you to go to, a- and then he says H-E double hockey sticks, but, but he didn't spell it, he just said the word, right, And then he realized what he said, okay, and what I do for a living, and and like immediately, immediately like, oh, wait a second, I shouldn't have said that. And then he's like, okay, your brother would never tell anyone to go to H-E-Double Hockey Sticks, okay? But he's the kind of guy that if he were to tell you to go to H-E-Double Hockey Sticks, you'd think to yourself, maybe I should pack my bags. That's what scripture does to us, right? It gives us an honest mirror. It doesn't pull any punches. My point is that that this book, in all its comfort, its grace, its mercy, its love, and uncomfortability, is the mirror that I hold up to my life and yours. And quite clearly, I, I think this is applicable to each and every one of us living today. It's not a God problem. It's a human problem. And to the point at which that causes us offense, well, I, I quite frankly don't know what to do about that. If, if, if you're offended, if I'm offended that the word of God tells us that we have a sin problem that needs corrected by the God of the universe, I, I don't know what to do with that. But the point at which we go, no, I want the sin problem fixed, I just go like, yippee! Because when we acknowledge a problem actually exists, there exists a pathway to something better. Then we jump into this familiar theme, right? The problem that God has with the nation of Israel, the people at the time. Verse 3, For your hands are defiled with blood, your fingers with iniquity, your lips have spoken lies, your tongue mutters wickedness, no one enters suit, okay, a lawsuit, justly, no one goes to law, court, honestly, they rely on empty pleas, they speak lies, they conceive mischief, give birth to iniquity. They hatch adder's eggs, they weave the spider's web. He who eats their eggs dies, and from one that is crushed a viper is hatched. Their webs will not serve as clothing, men will not cover themselves with what they make. Their words are works of iniquity, their works are works of iniquity. And deeds of violence are in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they are swift to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Desolation and destruction are in their highways. The way of peace they do not know. And there is no justice in their paths. They have made their roads crooked. No one who treads on them know peace. Not a lot additional needs to be said. Blood on the tracks? No. Blood on your hands. Your fingers are touching iniquity. Lies. No justice in the courts. It, it, it seems that, that, that people enter the court system with the idea of how can I win? Versus how can justice be achieved? There's this birth metaphor, which is really interesting, right? Because the idea is that they, they have this, this, this preconception of what I want to accomplish. And then they execute to bring that thing to life. And then the metaphor is that, is that they care for it. They care for this plan of injustice like a person might care for a child. Additional metaphors, adder's eggs, dangerous from the moment they're laid. Eggs over easy? No, these eggs have a bite. It's not that there's Tabasco sauce on them. A tangled web that is woven won't cover. Words of iniquity again, running to evil, shedding innocent blood. Long roads, desolate and full of danger. No peace, because there is no justice. I I don't know what more needs to be said. Maybe other than this, <clears throat> Excuse me. I was watching a video this last week, which was summarizing some things and, and, and looking at a history of the United States. And, you know, just for the record, I, I love the country that I live in. I'm grateful to be a citizen of the United States. I, do we have some problems that need to be fixed? Yeah, I think so. Um, but the problem ended with some action points, right? And they're not the action points that you would think of or that you would want to hear. And the individual looked right into the camera and said, if you want some action points after watching this video, then, then, then do these three things. And I'm like, I'm all ears. And the guy said, care. Care about the problems that exist. And, 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 and listen. Listen to the voices that are crying out. And learn. I'm not a politician. I'm not an expert in policing. I can't comment on those things with any specificity. But but what I can comment is what the Word of God says. And pretty clearly, God is saying in the book of Isaiah, justice matters. And where there is not justice, there will not be peace. Text goes on. There's a change in tone here, which is interesting. Therefore, justice is far from us, and righteousness does not overtake us, We hope for light and behold darkness and for brightness, but we walk in gloom. We grope for the wall like the blind. The change in voice is this. Isaiah is speaking for the people, but the people are speaking. And in verse 9, the people are like, we have a problem. And then there's a metaphor or two, okay? And this admission that salvation and righteousness are connected that to be saved is the ability to be righteous. And arguably, if righteous is not apparent, then perhaps salvation is missing. Seems to be what verse 1 is saying. Most nights I make the trip out of my bed into an ancillary room in our whole house. It's about it's about the 2 a.m. shuffle And it's what's being described in the next session, okay? My hands are out. I wear contacts 24-7. At the end of a month or after a bad skiing accident, one or two of them will pop out. But I'm like this, you know? And I wander in. And usually I, I trip over a decorative pillow that's on the floor, and it's there because I put it there. Or I kick the chair that's right on my right. And then I wander into the ancillary room, and I'm groping, right? I'm groping for the contact solution, because if I get a little contact solution in my my eyes my eyes will actually open, but in the may- midst of that, I knock over the mason jar full of water that I left so that when I come into the room at 2 a.m., I can have something to drink. That's what the text is describing, this sort of disorientated behavior. And it's a metaphor that describes the search for justice and righteousness, a search that the people desire. And then in verse 11, this notion of a hungry bear that's growling. We all growl like bears. Some of us are better than that at that than others. That was a joke. You should have laughed harder. We moan and moan like doves. We hope for justice, but there is none. It's right there in the text. I'm not, I'm not making this up. We hope for justice, but there is none. For salvation, but it's far from us. For our transgressions, again, the people are recognizing the need that they have. For our transgressions are multiplied before you, and sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us, and we know our iniquities, transgressing transgressing, and denying the Lord, turning back from following our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart lying words we have this intractable problem that is being described that the behavior of the individual when assembled becomes the behavior of the community which becomes the behavior of a nation and people are following something other than God and they are finally able to say yep, we've strayed and I wonder what would happen if I simply say I'm messed up some of the most freeing times of my life have been when I've come face to face with who I am and I go, you're right. I'm an absolute idiot apart from you. Why would it be so hard for us to do that? Why can't we as individuals or as a community admit the reality that there's sin in our past? Why is that so hard? And why is that so wrong? And why is that so offensive? I'm created in the image of God. My identity is secure. But but with this, God can work with this. But, verse 14, justice is turned back. 14, 15, and 16 are kind of like a recap of what we've been talking about for the last three, four weeks from the book of Isaiah. And again, we chose to study this book over two years ago. Justice is turned back and righteousness stands far away. God is speaking again. For truth has stumbled in the public squares, uprightness cannot enter, truth is lacking, and he who departs from evil makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it and it displeased him that there was no justice. He saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no one to intercede. A couple things need to be said. God is recounting his case and adds, For those whom truly do follow, because it's, it's tricky, right? Verse 15, did you see it? Truth is lacking. He who departs from evil makes himself prey. It's tricky because the people who truly do follow Garad in this system may find no justice. They may do the right thing and still end up with a short straw. And God's really, really mad about this. And God wonders why no one will intercede. The text literally says, He saw that there was no man. Maybe if God had looked for a woman, you did laugh at that one. God says, okay, then I'm going to do it myself. And what we have in the rest of the text is describing the salvation of God, which is Jesus Christ. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. Does that sound familiar at all? Isaiah didn't rip off Paul. Paul ripped off Isaiah. And that's okay, that's good. We should use material over and over and over again, especially when it's good material. You want to understand the New Testament? Read the Old Testament. He put on righteousness as a breastplate and a helmet of salvation on his head. He put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself in zeal as a cloak. According to their deeds, so will he repay wrath to his adversaries, repayment to his enemies. To the coastlands, he will render repayment so they shall fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. For he will come like a rushing stream, which the wind, the ruach, the, the very breath of God, of the Lord, drives. And a redeemer will come to Zion, to those in Jacob who churn from their transgression, declares the Lord. As for me, This is my covenant with them, says the Lord. My spirit that is upon you and my words that I have put in your mouth shall not depart out of your mouth or out of the mouth of your offspring or out of the mouth of your children's offspring, says the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. He really gets at it. God says, people whose orthopraxy and orthodoxy, their their thoughts and behaviors that have been described as wanting, are are going down, which makes me think, again, don't I want to think about my thoughts and behavior? I I don't think I want to wait for this day for my evaluation to come through. I think I would rather come face-to-face with the mirror of Scripture today But many people say, nah, I'm good. That's a political issue or that's a societal issue or that's a Republican issue or a Democrat issue or a Green Party issue. That's not something that affects me. Please, what what I'm trying to do for us is not offend us. But I am trying to make sure that we're not offensive to God. The promise to those who turn, verse 20... Fast forward to Revelation, the end of all things. The Redeemer, this is Jesus Christ. My spirit will be upon you. My covenant will be with you. My words will be in your mouth and your kids' mouth and their kids' mouths. And this intractable problem, intractable problem, will not be anymore. Please pray with me. In the quietness of the moment, Just allow Scripture to speak, please. Just do business with God. in the midst of the chaos in which we're living, allow this to just be one of those moments of clarity. You're in a safe place. Ask the Father for the things that you need. If you're bold, ask the Father for a mirror to your life. It was late in Jesus' life when he was asked the question, what is the greatest thing, the greatest commandment? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. In a different story, Jesus defined who our neighbor is when he told the parable of the Good Samaritan. Life-altering words. Allow the Spirit of God to speak truth into your life. Allow the Spirit of God to comfort us, to encourage us, to convict us to remind us of everything that Jesus said and everything that Jesus lived for. Father, it is a powerful thing to be in your presence. It's something that we can really, quite frankly, live with on a daily basis because you make the argument that if we are followers of your son Jesus Christ that you abide in our lives so let us live with confidence with that unifying theme and we thank you for your word in Jesus name amen
0: you please stand and let's sing together as we close today God great. Our God is ready, our God is red.
2: good to see you. I'm so glad to be here. This is one of my favorite places in the entire world to be. We're we're united by this thing, a relationship with Jesus Christ, the forgiver of our sins, the healer of our wounds, the, the person to whom we give our lives to. Go with that confidence if you've done that and go with that peace. Be followers of Jesus Christ in a world that desperately needs positive examples of Jesus. Go in that peace and challenge. Amen.